You're listening to The Cal Morris Show, bringing you the best and brightest in the Christian world and beyond. This time around, I had the chance to sit down and talk with singer-songwriter Adria Saad to talk about her new album, Inheritance. One, one question I, I have for you. You've got the, the new album, Inheritance, um, that has uh, just come out recently in the last couple months. And it's, it's a hymns project, uh, you know, for lack of a better term. But before we talk about that, there was news a few years ago, maybe you can clear the air because there's some confusion for me, um, <laughs> that uh, you weren't going to be doing any more, you know, quote-unquote Christian albums. You were going to be moving into the secular uh, realm of music, for lack of a better term, mainstream, however you want to label it. Um, is that still a plan? Did that not work out? And what, What's kind of going on there? So um, I'm glad you asked. I have been asked that many times. I So... I think where the mistake happened was I actually, I wrote a letter to my fans and I said that I had been working behind the scenes on a record with a band that I was in called Lev um, and that I was going to be releasing projects with that band and that I would be shifting uh, a lot of my focus away from touring, uh, doing worship music to work on both the worship music and the pop music. I actually, in the letter, if if you reread it, I actually didn't, I actually said the opposite, which was that I was always going to make worship music, but that I wouldn't really be taking the touring thing uh, so far anymore, because I, I really needed the time to not only, you know, have a child be a parent, but also to, to make more music and to do more diverse things. So okay. the miscommunication just kind of happened around the fact that I think I probably shouldn't have made an announcement at all. I probably should have just put the record out and not, you know, I thought I, I thought I needed to contextualize it and it ended up confusing people and that's totally my bad. So I, I learned a lesson there, but, um, which is that you, it doesn't almost doesn't matter what you say. It matters how people interpret what you say. And so, right. Uh, it's like, I don't, I don't think I, I even read the article. I think I just read the headline. I was like, Oh, well, yeah, bye, somebody, Audrey, I'm gonna miss yeah, you. <laughs> the problem was someone picked it up and wrote a headline that really misrepresented the letter itself. And gotcha. so it spread this message that actually wasn't in the letter at all. And so I was like, well, lesson learned about press. I, <laughs> you're only as, you know, you're only as uh, clear as sound bites as someone else writes for you, actually. So it's kind of a, it was a good lesson, but you know, I'm glad I get the the chance to set the record straight. So. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, well, thank you, and I'm and I'm glad you're not leaving. I'm glad that, that the, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm glad to find out that that was a misrepresentation and is not true. Yeah. Um, but obviously, the the album Inheritance coming out kind of proved that wasn't true anyway. Um. Mm-hmm. So so let's talk about um. Let's talk about the album before Inheritance. You said you were taking time to kind of focus on this. I, I, I don't want to call. I don't want to call it a side project, um, but you're working with this other band that you're part of. Uh, what was the? What's been the reception of of that project? And, and what's the title of that project? So we put a record out in September of 2015 called Strange okay. Fire. It's an EP, and. Um, I I was really pleased, you know, we were basically a, we're a brand new artist, even though, yeah, I mean, I'm half of it, but no, nobody knows who we are. And so um, it was, you know, I think we sold around 2,000 copies of that record, which I was very, very pleased by. I didn't really expect to sell that many, so that's pretty good. Um, and everybody seems to really like it. You know, it's, it's what I like to call... Um, darkly spiritual pop music. So it's a place for me of catharsis, real questioning. Like, I don't have to be pastoral about the songs because they're not meant for church. They're not meant for people to use for prayer in any um, specific way. And so Seth and I, who Seth Jones is the name of the guy I'm in a band with, and 
we have very different religious perspectives. And okay. so people search for a religious message in our music, and it's going to be confusing because we don't believe the same things. And so um, for us, it's more about emotional catharsis, especially around our shared upbringing in fundamentalism, which we both have a lot of pain and baggage from. And so there's just okay. a lot of exploring and really diving into those feelings and trying to understand them. Um, and so, yeah, so we're working on a new record right now. So that will hopefully be out in the fall, but we don't have a title for it or anything. But we're working on okay. it. Well, thank God for uh, for uh, Apple Music because I'm currently yeah. downloading that album while, awesome. uh, while we're talking. So <laughs> oh, awesome. so I'll be able to listen to it after this interview is over. Okay, uh, but to... okay. So so that's cool. Maybe I'll come back and, and get an interview both of you for for that project. Okay. But let's let's talk <laughs> about inheritance now. Uh, so you've done music in the past that has been. Uh, I would say. I mean, obviously it's a spiritual focus, but I would say almost otherworldly. It's kind of a very uh, heavenly type of sound, you know, ethereal type music, uh, but this one is specifically a a hymns project for the most part, mm-hmm. right? So why did you choose to focus on? Why did you choose to put out a hymns project? And also, what's in the name Inheritance? Actually, let's let's flip that. Let's do the Inheritance okay. name first. Why, why Inheritance? Sure. And then why why did you choose to do a hymns project? So Inheritance is pulled, you know. From very literally from Be Thou My Vision, which is in the the mix of the hymns I recorded, you know, there's a line that says that thou mine inheritance now and always. Um, but another reason I named it that was because my actual musical heritage is so influenced by where I grew up in church, uh, singing out of the hymnal with no instruments, four part harmony a cappella. That was my whole life till I was eighteen years old. Um, Wait, were you were you are you Church of Christ? No, but it's sort of similar to that. It's called Plymouth okay. Brethren is, is the type of information yeah. I was raised okay. in. Yeah. So it, you know, those hymns formed uh, so much of my my musicality and my spirituality. And so I knew, I have always known that I would love to do a hymns album. The reason I did it now is that I just, quite honestly, I went through a years-long deep crisis of faith it kind of reached a point a couple of years ago where I stopped being able to really write worship songs for a while. Okay. And I was wrestling through some really deep pain. Um, and so, but I want, I sensed this, I, I had this compulsion towards the hymns record at that moment. And I think it was like a desperate attempt to return home in some way. It was like, maybe if I revisit these pieces of music that are so, um, and they just remind me of when I began this journey, you know, and maybe I'll find something in them. Maybe I'll find shelter in them in some way, in a new, in a new way for this weird time in my life. And so there's only two originals on the record. And that's largely because I just, at that time, which this is two years ago, now we're talking about before I actually made the record, I just hadn't written any worship music in so long. And I was like, I guess it's time to do the hymns record then, you know. And, and it actually <laughs> to be, I mean, it was very difficult because I was approaching it from a place of real, I say doubt, but I feel like that word's too small for what I was feeling. I was absolutely shaken to my core about the biggest questions in life. And I think a lot of us go through that, you know, uh, at some point or another or repeatedly, you know, sometimes. And so I was singing these words and just having the hardest time. Like I, I took me, I spent more money and time on this record than I've ever spent on any project I've ever done. And most of that was because I couldn't get the vocal takes. 
Um, and it was because I was just choking on the words. Um, but I found it was an incredibly healing experience because I moved through it and I made it and I worked so hard to make this record as beautiful as I could. And I think I look, I look at it now and I just love it because I feel like musically even you hear my, my struggle in some of these songs um, with just the sounds that we put underneath them. And I think it's one of the most authentic things I've ever done, even though I didn't hardly write any of the songs on it. Right. Um, the music, my heart is in the music, you know, and I think that it was definitely instrumental in on some of the healing I've been experiencing. So I'm grateful that I got to do it. This, I mean, this is great. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, I, I think kind of what you were just saying there is almost like you're, you're going home. Um, there's almost... And obviously, you know, you interpret through your own lens and just kind of interpreting back to you what you've just said um, is kind of how it's going through my lens. I'm going, okay, the way you're explaining it almost explains it like like a prodigal. You know, for, for yeah, lack of a oh, better definitely. term. Yeah, you're, you're returning home. You've been dealing with this guy. You've been struggling with this. Like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back. Mm-hmm. And when you go back, yeah. there's still kind of this – this angst, mm-hmm. this this guilt, this un, you know unsureness of mm-hmm. can I even return to this? I think yeah. I think it's beautiful, and I think you translate it translated well in the music. I can almost hear the oh, I'm glad. hear the vulnerability, which is great. Now, here here's the interesting thing about this project: of all the songs that you placed on here, and I'm going to ask you, you know, why you picked certain hymns. Um, number five, track number five. How can I keep from singing? Mm-hmm. Um, I got the album a few weeks before it came out and I got that track and I know I'm not supposed to do this, but I did it anyway. I sent okay. that track, uh, I sent that track to my friend, Emily, uh, Paulette, mm-hmm. uh, who I'm going to, um, uh, she's got a question for you in this podcast, by the way. Um, okay. <laughs> and, uh, I sent it to my choral professor, uh, in college cause I went, I went to a church of Christ, uh, church of Christ college. And so mm. I sang in a 55-member a cappella chorus. So okay. acapella music is uh, a huge part of my heritage as well. And we sang an amazing arrangement of How Can I Keep From Singing? And mm. so I had to send it to these two people, you know, my choral conductor and this uh, young lady who was actually in chorus with me. Absolutely beautiful song. And I've never heard it anywhere else. Really? Or on your – it wasn't a song that we sang in church – Okay. But it was one that, you know, our choral professor said, hey, here's one of the songs we're singing this year. And, of course, you know, as you're going through songs and learning them, you're like, I hate this song, I hate this song, I hate this mm-hmm. song, putting your part. And then when it all comes together with the four-part harmonies, you're just like, this is one of the most beautiful sounds this side mm-hmm. of heaven. Um, so absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful song. Did you actually sing that song growing up in church? No, uh, I did okay. not. I think I probably first encountered it, to be honest with you. Um I want to say at, like, some Catholic church somewhere, because they the Catholic church actually has that in all their contemporary hymnals. Um, but, but they have the Pete Seeger version, which is a different lyric um, than the one I sang, because okay. there was a version of it that came out in the 70s or 80s. I think Pete Seeger did it first. I can't remember. But he kind of um, edited the lyrics to be less Christocentric. Um, so you'll hear is if, uh, if love is Lord of heaven and earth, 
How can I keep from singing? That's the the seventies lyric versus the original, which is if Christ, if Christ is Lord of Heaven and Earth, right? Which is what I we sing. sing? As so well. I, yeah, and so I probably encountered the like hippie bonfire version of that song <laughs> at some point in the last eight or nine years for the first time, and was like, I like this, but it's kind of weird, you know, because I, I, the lyric was a little vague and kind of interesting. And Enya has an amazing version of that uh, lyric, actually. That that same version, she does a beautiful song, a beautiful uh, rendition. But I actually then, uh, so funny story, I was at a conference maybe four years ago, and Martin Sheen was there, and okay. um, he was promoting he was promoting his new movie, The Way. It was it was new then, uh, and Emilio Estevez was there. So the two of them were um, promoting this film they had made together, and I ended up meeting them, and Martin and I sang that song together, just kind of... He's like, because he's a Catholic and he's in a church choir and he's very devout and active. And he's like, my favorite hymn is this. And then he started singing. He's like, sing it with me. And so my friend had recorded us singing this song together. And um, it was just such a sweet memory for me. And I just kept coming back to the song in my mind. And so when we were picking stuff and I actually you know, had fans kind of vote on their favorites. And it was just a huge favorite with everyone who voted. And so I decided to... To, to record it and it's the breeziest song it's the most um easy listening and, and i mean that in a good way you know on the record it's a nice break from all the uh angst of the other tracks so right i thought it was a good thing to include you know i'm gonna see if i can find a recording of the version that we did and i'll send it to your publicist and see if they can yeah it to you um just so you know you're probably making emily's day and my day because you sang a song we both love with President Josiah Bartlett from yeah. the West Wing, which is fantastic, and, and his son Emilio Estevez. Cool. That's, that's super cool. That's super cool. Um, so, so let's talk about some of the other tracks that are on here. Again, you, you've written uh, two of them, uh, which we'll talk about in a few moments. But uh, the other hymns, of course, were written by by other people, uh, some within the last century, some from from years beyond that. Uh, how did you how did you go about picking? these particular hymns because in a in an acapella background i know that there are a lot especially within the uh, brethren background um yeah. there are a ton a tons mm-hmm. and tons of hymns that shape you that mold you as a person that you know communicate theology to you and things like that um how did you land on the mm-hmm. you know the tracks uh, that you decided to to put on on here well, so I was doing a pre-order campaign through Pledge Music for this record. One of the things okay. we did um, with Pledge Music was we, uh, I picked about 30 songs that I would be willing to do, and I put them up for vote and tried to gauge what everyone's favorites were. And I didn't, it wasn't strictly one-to-one, like the top 10 is what I record, but I did take it very heavily into consideration because I really wanted to make a record that my fans would like, you know, and be really excited about. And so I wanted to know, like, what are your favorite hymns that you grew up singing? And and so I kind of got a good picture of, of some of the favorites, and I recorded some of those. And then there were a few that were special to me because just of, just of my experience with them, you know. So I, like, the most nostalgic ones to me, like Abide With Me, which is the last song on the record, and, like, um, uh, what's the name of it? Beyond My Vision. I mean, everybody loves that song, but I have such a – I have such a close relationship to the lyrics in that song and I, I couldn't not record it, you know? Um, so it was kind of a mix of personal ties and then the votes of the fans kind of bolstering, uh, supplementing that because I really wanted to make a record for the church. And so I thought, why not ask them what, what they would like to hear out of these songs that I love. And so uh, I was kind of, a, kind of a 
diverse process, but we ended up with what we have. Okay. And what, I mean, now it's been out for, I want to say at least two months uh, at this uh-huh. point. Um, what, at the time of our recording anyway, uh, what's been the reception of this project since it's come out? Man, it's been incredibly encouraging to me that it's been received the way it has been because I was very worried that making a hymns record would be seen as almost like a side project of some kind, like not a real mm-hmm. record because I didn't write the songs. And hymns records can get pretty boring or lame. And I was really worried about making a record that was lame and boring, not interesting. And so we, I went to great lengths to kind of um, – make this record a real work of art and to approach it i i would use the word cinematically um and what i mean is it was sort of like okay these songs exist people have relationships to them already um how can i not disrespect these songs but also interpret them in a way that brings like a fresh emotion and so what we ended up doing my co-producer and i was we put kind of each song up on a board, basically, and said, okay, let's create a little world for each one with a sonic landscape, with color palette even, things to think about, feelings to evoke. So for How Can I Keep From Seeing, for example, we were like, I kept thinking of floating down a river in an inner tube, like on a lazy, you know, <laughs> day. And I just, for some reason, it was like the ease of that. You know, I wanted to evoke that in the music. And so we picked things to evoke, and we just worked really hard to try to do that with the sonic landscapes. And um, so as a result, it it really became a very musical record, maybe more so than even some of my other stuff. Um, And then everybody seems to have really received it as such, like a real project, a real piece of art, not just me doing renditions of songs everyone already knows, you know. And I really didn't want it to be taken that way, and I've been really happy to see that it's become – a piece in other people's prayer collections. You know, I want that. That's that's what makes me the happiest. I really, I really do feel, and this is not me blowing smoke up your tailpipe or anything like that. Um, for <laughs> you know, for lack of a better, ta- uh, for lack of a better euphemism, um, <laughs> I feel like your your body of work, um, coupled with your particular voice, has been leading up to this. I mean, even if you hadn't, uh, even if you hadn't told me, hey, you know what, I felt this compulsion to do a hymns, you know, album, you know, a little while back, and and now it was time to do it. I feel like your body of work is hymnic. Is that even a is that even a word? I don't even know. If that's yeah, I don't know. Um, I think it. But, I think it is. But it sounds like I mean, your body of work in terms of the the lyrics and and the styling, the 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 style of music, I think lends itself to what this project is. It didn't feel mm-hmm. like it didn't feel like hey, you know what, we're a rock band, you know, for let, let's see. Um, like Third Day. I love Third Day. They're great. Okay, and so but they they got their whole Leonard Skinner thing going, right? Mm-hmm, uh, and then mm-hmm. hey, we're gonna we're gonna put out hymns, and it's right. Third Day doing hymns, and there it feels like a side project with your music. And and I loved it. You know, Third Day. If you're listening, which you're not, I'm sure. But it was it was Third Day doing hymns. This doesn't feel like Audrey Assad doing hymns. It feels like a natural progression of Audrey mm-hmm. Assad's career. So, That's cool. I hope uh, so, because in my sense. opinion, it's like part of the reason I even wanted to do it was that I, I'm Catholic and I've been Catholic for nine years, but I miss some of these songs because they're not in the Catholic songbook. And I also felt like I could introduce some, you know, uh, particular Catholicity to the Protestants who love what I do. And so, you know, I began the record with Ubi Caritas, which is a Latin hymn that's um, used in the Holy Thursday service every year. 
and it's about Christian unity and charity. And I thought, what a cool way to begin hmm. a record of hymns for all kinds of Christians. And then the last song, Abide With Me, ends with the reprise of that same melody from the first song, which I love to do. I love to begin the record in a way that kind of ties the knot, you know, uh, and musically yeah. in a musical sense. And so um, it was fun to do that. But, I, yeah, I, I really wanted – so I'm glad that it feels that way because it really was more work than any record I've ever made. And so I would hate for it to come out feeling like, oh, that's cool that she did this fun thing on the side because it was not that way at all. It was a real effort, a real – blood, sweat, and tears kind of thing, you know, um, and I worked my my butt off, so I'm I'm really happy that people feel that. I'm I'm glad it feels like part of the body of work. I, I, that makes me very happy. Yeah, I mean, if you um, if you didn't come out with another album for two years, which is the general standard time, you know, wait time, right? Um, I wouldn't feel like I wouldn't feel like, man, it's been a long time since Audrey Asad mm-hmm. released one. I feel like you'd be coming out with your next album. Okay, this is this is timely. Whereas you know, for cool. a lot of people, it's like, okay, that's a side thing, or that's a Christmas project, or that's an Easter project, and I yeah. still expect a, another full album yeah. uh, pretty soon. Honestly, honestly, people keep asking me when I'm going to do a Christmas record, and one of the reasons I keep not doing it is because if I did one, like, in, let's say it's an Advent, Christmas, worship type of thing, I'm like, I can't bear for a record that means that much to me to be seen as a thing that's seasonal. I just... I, I'm like, it would break my heart, I think. And so I keep thinking about doing it and then shying away. Cause I'm like, how can I do an Advent record that people can listen to all year? I don't want to do something where people pick it up in one month out of the year and listen to it. I just can't. You know, like, that's not, it's that's nothing tough. wrong with it. I have those that's, records, you know, like 100%. I just don't tough, know if I want to make one. You owe it to us at this point. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. That's one of those things. It's like your voice is built for it. Your body of work is built for it. You can introduce people <laughs> to some of those Christmas things that people positive. haven't even heard before. Yeah, I'm positive that it will happen. For me, it'll be about – one of the things I've thought is, you know what, it's really hard. I've tried. I've actually tried twice to do one, and I couldn't find the songs. And I realized, I'm like, I think I'm the kind of person who can't write Christmas music unless it's actually Advent. And so my goal is now, this coming Advent, to like actually write the songs because I'm in the headspace. We're like, okay. I can't do that in May. That's really hard right. for me to get into That's the like, you know. That's everybody's doing it too. That's so funny. Totally. And I've, <laughs> I've been part of those projects on like inside roles and I'm like, I could never do this. This is like amazing to me that you you guys can get into this mind. Uh, mind and I'm just not, I'm just too myopic for that, I think. Um, and so I think what I'm going to do is this, well, I'm, this is my plan, is this December, this November, December, I'll actually write the music for one, and then maybe we'll be able to actually put it out. Um, I, it's so, so strange. I, I get, I start getting Christmas music in July, because, you know, they, they, people do record them in May, yeah. and I'm like, right. this is not right. This is not right. I won't even, re- I I won't even review weird. them until after Thanksgiving. Um, but, so, okay, okay, so, funny, funny thing, I was actually, and I think a lot of people were, I don't know if you had anything before this. I was introduced to your music via a Christmas album, Chris Tomlin. Mm-hmm. You, know, you were on Chris yeah. Tomlin's you know, uh, first Christmas album, uh, which yeah. is far better than his second one. Sorry, Chris. Um, <laughs> I, 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 love, I love the first one. Primarily because I was introduced to you as an artist. I was like, who is this Audrey Assad? This is an amazing person. Was, was that your first? I mean, obviously, that was yeah. before uh, the house that we're building. It was, um, but it was, was my first. first uh, official release. I had an EP that I had independently put out in 2008, but okay. um, 
that was my first kind of in any official way it was my first release yeah and it was kind of a really strange just group of circumstances that led to that being the first thing um but yeah that was that was my first official outing into uh recorded and released music yeah okay so let's uh as we're winding down here i want to talk about um the two tracks that you did write uh, on here, yeah. which uh, is new every morning and even unto death, correct? Mm-hmm. Those are the two mm-hmm. that you wrote. Okay. So everything else is a hymn that's already existed before, and you have written songs uh, for this project that aren't traditional hymns, you know, in terms of someone else right. wrote them years ago, but they are very hymnic as well. Uh, what kind of space did you have to get in to write your own hymns? So. Here's what I, I'm all about rules, constraints, boundaries. When I make albums, I have to set um, constraints out or I go crazy. So my first rule for this record was any hymn that I'm taking and recording a version of, I'm not going to edit the structure or the lyrics or anything or add any courses, nothing. That was one of my rules. The second rule I had was if I write any songs for this project, the only rule is that they have to quote or reference another hymn that already existed in some way. They have to tie in to an existing song, even if they're not directly quoting, there just has to be some connection. And I wanted them to be very rhythmic because hymns are very rhythmic. So in terms of like meter and, you know, pacing. And so um, even unto death is actually uh, pretty much all the verses are almost directly um, quoting Jesus, the very thought of thee by Bernard of Clairvaux, which is a song I did grow up singing. Um, Jesus, the very thought of thee with sweetness fills the breast, but greater far thy face to see and in thy presence rest. Um, I, I took a lot of lyrics from that and wrote verses that were kind of inspired by those, by those, that, okay. so that was how I, that was how I tied that one in. And then on every morning, um, it really doesn't quote any hymns until uh, I get to the bridge and I sing at the cross, where I first saw the light. Um, that song, At the Cross, is a hymn I grew up singing. Um, and so for me, it was like, how do I write? I guess I'll put it this way. I recorded all these songs that I had a relationship to in some way, and these these other two didn't mimic hymns necessarily in structure or style, but they are the fruits of my relationship to some very special songs. And uh, so that's kind of how I fit them in. Um, and they ended up being musically, I think I think it works. Um, I wasn't sure how they would fit, but I feel like they fit in okay. They did. I didn't, I didn't feel like it broke the, it's not a book, but I don't feel like it broke the, the narrative flow of mm-hmm. the album. I mean, it, it just, you know, because sometimes it's like jarring, like, hey, you know, here's a really right. pensive song, and then it's a rock and roll song. You're like, what's going right. on? Um, this was all very um, cohesive. You know, it all flowed that's very, good. very well. Uh, and there was actually an entire day where um, there's an entire day where I just had new every morning on repeat. Wow. Straight That's through amazing. the day. And, and I, I generally can't do that. Like after like 30 times, I'm like, all right, I'm going to turn this off and put something else on. But I had that on repeat the whole day. It was like wow. I was going through some stuff. And so it was really good for me to just hear that, to know that God is, you know, his mercies are new every morning. Cause I feel like, Oh, I've done this. There's no way. Mm, uh, I, I, right. know, now I've, this is the straw that broke the camel's back. It's like, no, my mercies are new every morning. It was really, really uh, great mm. to, to listen to that song. So, so you said at the beginning, awesome. of, this, uh, at, at the beginning of this uh, interview that um, you were kind of, you know, when you were clearing the air on the rumor that you were no longer doing Christian music, um, mm-hmm. 
that you were taking a break from touring so that you could focus on music, being a mother, um, the, the record label that you were running, uh, Fortunate Fall Music. Um, are there any plans of touring any of this or no? So I, right now, I still travel about three or four times a month. Okay. Um, and do kind of occasional things like worship stuff. I've been speaking a fair bit. Um, so I still travel, but touring is not what I would call what I do at this point because touring to me was the many years of 150 dates a year and just kind of grueling, like on the road all the time. So, no, I don't plan to return to that way of um, praying with people. I think I'll okay. probably always occasionally travel and do this and lead worship and and whatnot, but it'll never be that again, unless something, I mean, I guess I could change my mind, but I can't imagine that. Um, It's just not, it's just not where my heart is. I'm such a homebody. I love to make music, you know, so I, um, so I, yeah, my, I have tour dates, if you want to call them that, on my website. Um, They're not that many, but I am doing the occasional appearance still. So. Okay. So, So you just mentioned your website and my last question is always like, you know, where can people find out about you? So uh, mm-hmm. what's your website? Are you on Twitter? Are you on Instagram? What, what's going on yeah. social media-wise? Um, com has links to blog, tour dates, um, the store, my music, you know, all kinds of things. And then um, I am on socials, very active, especially on Twitter, but I am on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. Um, kind of find me everywhere. And it's all pretty much with my name, Audrey Assad. So please Okay. Me. Well, Audrey, always, always a pleasure. You're always one of my favorite people to interview, and so, so great. Um, Spoiler alert, uh, (laughs) another album that's five out of five, by the way. Um, Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Yeah, like, I just don't, I'm at this point, like, "Mm, can she make crappy music? I don't think she can. I don't think she can. You know, it's like, you make it hard work for a reviewer because, you know, too many five out of fives, people are like, this guy just likes everything. Right. Everything. <laughs> and no, she's literally making really good music. What am I supposed to do? Um, am I going to downgrade her just you know, to look like a better reviewer? But uh, I mean, absolutely, uh, absolutely fantastic album. That's really uh, a high, high compliment. And um, thank you for your time and for listening. I really appreciate it. Hey, no problem. You have a good one, okay? All right, you too.